Welcome into the PFN Bengals podcast. I am Dallas Robinson. He is Jay Morrison. Jay, the Bengals didn't play this week. Bengals got a week off. You kind of got a week off. We all kind of got a week off. Week didn't go that well, though. If you're a Bengals fan, all the other AFC North teams won. I think we're. if you're a Bengals fan, you're kind of hoping it would go the other way. We've seen that in the past and prior years that on Bengals buys, it's been a, a good week for the Bengals. This was not one of them. The Bengals looked incredible. The Browns pulled out a win. The Steelers pulled out a win. Um, but we're looking at the rest of the season here, Jay, and where the Bengals sit. We've got quite a few things we want to get into today. Um, we're going to talk about where the Bengals stand in the AFC North. We're going to go over the trade deadline. We've got that coming up here next week. We've got a little game we're going to play for you about the rest of the Bengals season. And then, of course, we'll we'll look at the 49ers uh, game coming up this Sunday. But, Jay, I think, is there anything you want to talk about right off the top? Uh, you know, the, where the Bengals stand, I think if you look at the AFC North, all those teams look pretty good on Sunday, especially the Ravens, who I think looked like one of the NFL's maybe dominant teams and taking down the Detroit Lions in a really dominant effort. Does this change where you kind of see the Bengals moving forward after you saw those other AFC North teams played on Sunday? Uh, a little bit, but the, the Baltimore one, not so much. I did pick Detroit to win that game. I just thought that, yeah. that the, the Ravens were ripe for an upset there. The thing with the Ravens, I'm, they're playing well, and I think we all expect that. It's just you just you never know when that Lamar injury is right around the corner. He's he's had trouble finishing seasons. I think that team is not quite the same. The defense is really good, but it's not going to be the same. If Lamar stays healthy, they are going to be a hard team to catch. Um, the Cleveland game, there are a lot of people upset with the officiating in that game. Mm -hmm. I think per capita, it was probably in Cincinnati because yeah. uh, the Bengals needed some some of those teams to lose and. Um, you know, Pittsburgh handles business out in LA. So yeah, not, not ideal, never ideal when everybody else in the division wins when you're off, but especially when you've got a slow start to make up for. Yeah. And we're talking about the only division in the NFL where every team is at least 500. The Bengals are in the basement at 500. Um, there's a, everyone knows they got a lot of climbing to do to, to overcome that slow start, but they, they could play really well. They, they could win the rest of their games and still maybe they not could. win the division. It's yeah. just that that Baltimore has that kind of potential to run the table. Cleveland, I mean, if they can get Deshaun Watson back to anything competent with the way that defense plays. And I think, you know, Pittsburgh still has offensive challenges, but mm -hmm. I do like Kenny Pickett. I, I can see that that offense starting to kind of build something. And, and again, they've got a terrific defense that can help them win games if the offense is off. So yeah. it is, it, it was a, not an ideal Sunday, and it, it makes her an even steeper climb the rest of the way. Yeah, definitely. I think the Deshaun Watson situation is so weird, right? I mean, the fact that he got didn't play for a few weeks, came back in for like nine plays, took another big hit, could have come back into the game, was clear to come back into the game, but didn't. It's it's such a weird situation, and it almost makes it a little hard to like evaluate the Browns. You know, obviously mm -hmm. a defense playing at a historic rate, but if PJ Walker's the quarterback. They're obviously not as intimidating of a team as if they had Deshaun Watson from, you know, two or three years ago. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think if you look at the AFC North, though, man, the Ravens look good. I think yeah. it, that that passing attack, I think, finally came together under Todd Monken in the defense. Mike McDonald is going to be a head coach next year, the Ravens defensive coordinator. That was an, that was an incredible performance. Um, I, I think it puts the Bengals in a position where you kind of look and see how they match up against those other teams, how they match up against the other AFC teams conference wide. And I think that can kind of transition us into the trade deadline, which comes up next week. I, I don't know if the Bengals are going to make a move or not. 
look at looking at historically, if you went by what the Bengals have done over their their history, they're probably not going to make a move. It's not something they do. We've heard Duke Tobin and Mike Brown and Zach Taylor talk about this that they really value those those draft picks, even those late round draft picks. Um, but that doesn't mean there aren't spots on this roster that I think could be augmented if the Bengals wanted to do it. But Jay, I mean, we've talked about it on, on this show before. The idea of the Bengals going out and making a move, it's it's probably a pipe dream. I mean, I think you'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. But if they wanted to, there are spots they could upgrade on this roster. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, running back would be one. I mean, the, it makes the most sense in the world to bring Samaj yeah. P. Ryan back. It, you just, I don't know where Samaj's mind is in that. It, it, mm. I mean, it doesn't seem like Denver would be opposed to trading him. They're They're not using him at all. But I, I just wonder, the Bengals offered Samaje the same amount that Denver did, and he wanted to go to Denver. And, you know, was it an issue of him being tired of being in Joe Mixon's shadow? He's He's been behind him since Oklahoma. Uh, so maybe he just wanted to break free from that. Maybe he was promised something more than he got in Denver, and he's upset with Denver and would like to come back. I, I, I just I don't know where that stands. The bigger issue is that Bengals don't like to trade. They don't like to uh, acquire guys – um, at the trade deadline. They don't like to trade at the, the deadline period. The You look at the four most recent trade deadline deals in team history, and I I know three of them, the last three were malcontents that, mm-hmm. that wanted out and kind of forced the Bengals' hands. And we're talking yeah. about Carlos Dunlap, uh, Carson Palmer in 2011, and then Ricky Hunley all the way back to the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And then before that, it was Dan Ross in 85. I do not know what the situation was with Dan <laughs> Ross, but they shipped him out midseason for a fourth-round pick. Um, and that's it. That's all we're talking about. How yeah. about this? When, when do you think was the last time the Bengals acquired a player in season? I'm not talking about September, early September, right after cutdown day. I'm closer, let's just say after October 1st. When was the last time the Bengals acquired a player in season? I honestly have no idea because I was trying to find this. <laughs> I could not find a guy. Most of the trades they've done that I could remember were like right before the season. Maybe I. Mm-hmm. I don't. I honestly have no idea. Like who the last guy would have been after October. Uh, Nineteen seventy-two. Oh my god! Future Hall of Famer Charlie Joyner, which was, oh, was wow. a good trade okay. to pick him up. Yes, yeah. but that that trade was made on November first, nineteen seventy-two. So this year's trade deadline will be almost fifty-one <laughs> years to the day since the last wow. time they went out and got some help at the trade deadline. It just, yeah, we, we've seen this team kind of change the way they do things yeah. um, on social media, uh, ticket-wise. There, there, there's so many new fresh elements to the organization but that Mm -hmm. that bedrock principle of not giving up draft picks i just i don't think it's going to go anywhere it's duke is totally bought into it it's been that way since he's been here and it's obviously was that way all the way back way before duke was here um and i i get where they're coming from where you're paying burrow all this money orlando brown and all the guys on defense and and jamar chase is going to get a huge contract they need those draft picks that's how you are going to sustain success and keep plugging in key spots in the roster by, by drafting well the way they have. But I mean, you're talking about what a, a late round pick swap, like a a six for a seventh or a seventh for a six and bring a guy like P Ryan back. That could be a difference maker. Um, I I think that if, if anything happens, that would probably be it. Tight end would be the other area. I just don't know how many tight ends are available out there. Someone that's going to give you, 
a significant upgrade. I mean, I know Irv Smith's not producing much right now, but but if if you're going to get someone that is guaranteed to to bring you more, it's going to cost you a lot more yeah. in terms of of a pick than like a, a P Ryan would cost. So I just don't see them doing that. I I kind of think yes, Irv hasn't been great, but a lot of it's because you're not designing an offense with Irv Smith as your first read. And yeah. Joe Burrow was throwing to the first read so often early in the season because he was limited with the cap. He's just trying to get rid of the ball as soon as possible. Now that that is becoming less of an issue or maybe even a non-issue, then maybe you see Irv up the seam as the second, the third read, and Burrow gets to him and he finds a mismatch and hits it. So I think the Bengals are going to be patient with this. Um, I, I I would put running back as way more likely a, a, mm-hmm. a target to go get than tight end, but I, I still think running backs way down, like what, probably a 10% chance they go out and get yeah. one. If that, yeah, I think, and I get what you're saying and I get where the Bengals are coming from too, in terms of not wanting to give up these picks. And I guess I would just play devil's advocate, right? If I were talking to the Bengals and say, yeah, I understand you have a lot of big contracts that you've already paid that you have coming up with Jamar Chase. And if you want to keep T Higgins, but I think that's why you do want to make these trades because you can make these little improvements on the margins, right? That's I think that's an area where you have to kind of find other ways to bring in talent. And, and it's maybe not, maybe proven's the wrong word to use, but these are NFL veterans, right? These are not sixth and seventh round picks yeah. maybe a year from now, two years from now that have, what, a 5%, 10% chance of working out? Mm-hmm. Samaj P. Ryan isn't an all pro, but he could play a role for this team. Isn't that better than a sixth round pick in 2025 that has a five or 10% chance of working out at some point? I don't know. I think you could make that argument. And I think you see other contending teams around the NFL make these kind of deals where you can understand why it's kind of frustrating for Bengals fans that they don't really get involved. You saw the Eagles just trade for Kevin Byard. They had a clear weakness at safety and they went out and traded, I think it was a fifth, a sixth and Terrell Edmonds for Kevin Mm. Byard. I mean, that is an absolute steal of a deal. He, he, he's not making that much money either. You've seen the Chiefs go out and get me, reunite with Mikel Hardman. You've seen the San Francisco 49ers, who the Bengals are going to play, go out and get Randy Gregory from, from mm-hmm. the, the Broncos. Just these little kind of pieces that maybe when the season as the season progresses and we get into the playoffs, that these guys can play a role, and it didn't cost these teams very much at all. So I think you're right. It's When the, when the price is a, a pick swap in 2025, I think it's – I think the Bengals are a little behind the times on this in terms of adding players via trade when the cost is so low. I, I do think it's something they can consider. Do I think they will? No, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. They, you're right that they've changed their stripes in a lot of ways, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen this year. P. Ryan would be the guy. There's never been a more perfect trade candidate for the Bengals that I could remember than Smaj P. Ryan. And you're right. He didn't want to come back here at the time, but he's on a Broncos team that's going nowhere. He's third on the running back depth chart. He could come back here to a Bengals team that he knows that could make the playoffs, that has the talent to make that sort of run, and he would instantly have a role on this team. Like, no question, he would be the third down passing down back. I I think that would be an excellent target for the Bengals. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the other obvious one is maybe Hayden Hurst from the Panthers bringing him back. Uh, Again, another team that's going nowhere in a position that the Bengals could use an improvement. But Hayden Hurst has almost $6 million guaranteed next year from the Panthers. Yeah. That, that's the reason he went to Carolina didn't come back here. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Bengals want to pay that to a guy who's 30, 31 years old. I mean, that's the reason they let him leave. So 
I don't know. I think if the Bengals could trade like a 2030 pick, if that was an option, maybe they'd be interested in that. Uh, something they wouldn't even have to think about that far down the line. But I, I'm right there with you. I think the odds of something happening between in the, in the next week are slim to none for the Bengals. And, you know, as much as I'd like to see them make a move or think that would improve, I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, and you, I mean, you think about it with all these big contracts that they're paying now and the ones coming up, they're, they are going to be non-factors in free agency for the next few years. So you're going to yeah. have guys walk. T. Higgins, good walk. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be getting more draft picks even than than what you already think you have now. You're get, probably going to be getting two comp picks next year. Um, so point. it's – yeah, I, I could see – if, if it makes if the cost is so minimal and you can make a substantial upgrade to the roster, I don't know why they wouldn't do it. But other than it's just the way they've never done it, and I don't know that that's their main logic, but that's what it looks like from the outside. Where hey, we've never yeah. done it this way, and oh by the way, it's not like this team is winning double digit wins every single season and has this just incredible success and yeah. and recipe for it. I mean. Until you win a Lombardi Trophy, maybe be willing to mix things up and try some new things, and yeah. it's not gonna it's not gonna set you back. Like you you look at some of these other deals, and it, it can kill you if you. I mean, the think about what the the Forty ers did for Trey Lance, where yeah, he totally bombed. If Brock Purdy didn't turn into Brock Purdy, that I mean, that might have got the coach Shanahan and Lynch fired. I totally. mean. They these things when you make a big swing, it can have major repercussions. But what we're talking about, yeah, it, it, I mean, what really what happens if P Ryan comes here and doesn't work out? And you you lose a a pick swap in twenty twenty five. Yeah, you, you drop thirty a, spots in the seventh round or whatever. It, it doesn't it's matter. A blip. It just does not yeah. matter. Yeah, yeah, I, I I totally agree. But at the end of the day, I think I, I don't think any of our arguments are going to sway the Bengals. I, I just I don't think I anything's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, so. Bengals fans, you can rest easy next Tuesday. I don't think you'll need to tune in <laughs> leading up to 4 o'clock because they're probably not going to do anything, unfortunately. Um, all right, let's get into a little game we have planned for today, uh, Jay. This is a Jay Morrison creation. This is uh, a Jay Morrison special. We're going to go through a couple different categories here. Um, five things that we think are the most likely to least likely to happen for the Bengals this year. And then the next category we're going to do is what happens first. We've got five more five more topics for that. Jay, should we should we list off the topics in advance and then rank, or just yeah, yeah, and then people can uh, kind of think along with yeah. what they, how they would rank them for sure. All right, so we have four most likely to happen: Bengals make the playoffs, Bengals miss the playoffs, Evan McPherson ties or breaks his field goal record of fifty nine yards. Uh, someone other than Jamar Chase leads the team in the triple crown of targets, receptions, and yards in any given game, or two players finish with double-digit sacks for the season. So we're going to rank those one to five in the order that we think uh, they are most likely to happen this season. I think we'll should we start with number five, Jay, and work our way up. What do you what do you have for number five? Yeah, that works. Uh, for number five, I've got uh, multiple players with ten plus sacks. I think it's a lock that Trey Hendrickson's going to get there. But then you got B.J. Hill with three and Sam Hubbard with three. So mm -hmm. one of those guys is going to need seven over over the next 11 games. That might be a bit much to ask. I went back and looked. It's only happened twice in franchise history where, where multiple guys had 10-plus sacks, um, and that was in 2015 and, and 2012. Mm -hmm. So it's, it just 
that seems like a long shot. Like I said, Trey, the reason I put that one in there is because Trey is yeah. locked to get to 10. Can Trey's somebody, almost there, yeah. Yeah, can somebody else get there? But I, I think that's asking a lot. Yeah, I had that as number five as well. Like you said, I think Trey is basically there. He could get there in the very near future. Um, but I, there's just no one else who's really even close. I, th- I think coming into the season, we could have thought that there were other guys who could have been there, Hubbard or maybe even a guy like Joseph Osai. Maybe we, we could have thought, but you know he was injured early on in the preseason hasn't really contributed that much this year. So there's just no other realistic candidate, I think, to get there despite Trey basically being a lock. So yeah, I had the number five. Um, and number four, <laughs> I hate to say it, but I had Bengals make the playoffs at number yeah. four. Um, you know, I, I just... I do think they can get there. I think they have the talent. I I think they have all the pieces that they've had in in recent seasons, for the most part, that got them to the playoffs and beyond. But, you know, I'm a numbers guy, and I'm looking at the New York Times playoff odds, and they've got the Bengals at 30%. And even if I think it's a little higher than that in my mind, which I do, I'm not going to bump it up that much higher. I'm not smarter than the New York Times projection model. I'm not going to say that. So... (laughs) I've got that number four. Um, Jay, do you have a similar pick or what do you have at number four? No, I actually went the other way. I put missed right. playoffs number okay. four. I just, they have a track record. They, they have, <laughs> done, they have, they have started slow the last two years and turned it on after the buy. And you can't always count on flipping that switch, but I think there are similarities to, to what happened in years past to, to what's happened this year. And it starts with Joe Burrow not being healthy to start the year. And that sets you back. And then he, he eventually gets back to being himself and, and things kind of take off. They are not reluctant to make changes midseason. Um, every team self-scouts at the bye. Uh, but, and then it, you come up with a tweak here or there. But the Bengals have been willing to to make major changes and i don't know that we're going to see that but it'll be interesting to see if if there is a noticeable difference of of how they operate and they've already said they're going to go under center more and it's just the other thing is i don't want to say it's by design because they're not trying to start slow yeah but the country club atmosphere in the off season otas training camps not super physical it's all done with the point of keeping these guys fresh and having them play in their best football down the stretch so if you're going to weigh do we want to start fast or do we want to finish fast you're always going to pick finishing fast and it's worked so far Uh, and you know who it's not like i said it's not a lock that it's going to happen again this year but you kind of trust the track record here that they they found a way to fix things at this point in the season and and really hit the ground running coming out of their break. So until they prove they can't do it, I'm I'm going to lean on it's going to happen again. All right, you're a half glass full guy. I'm a half glass empty guy. We've, <laughs> we've established that. That's fine. Uh, what do you what do you have at number three? What do you have as the third most likely of these five uh, categories to happen? Yeah, so that I had uh, making the playoffs at three. That that's okay. yeah. So so they were pretty close together. Yeah, I had those two back to back. Okay, I put Evan McPherson breaking or tying his fifty nine yard field goal record yeah. right in the middle of those two, and I put Bengals missed the playoffs at number two. Um, I think McPherson could obviously hit a field goal that long. I think it's just a question of whether it will be attempted because that's mm-hmm. right in kind of a part of the field where the Bengals should be going for a lot of fourth downs in that situation. And then, yeah, I had Bengals miss playoffs at number two. New York Times has it at 70% to make the playoffs. Like I said, I think it's, in my mind, probably a little lower. And I agree with what you said. I want to believe, Jay. I want to believe in this team. (laughs) And I do believe in this team. I just think the AFC is an incredibly difficult conference. 
AFC North is an incredibly difficult division, and the Bengals put themselves in a hole. So even if I think it's a little better than 30%, they're going to make the playoffs. Am I over 50%? Eh, it's probably right around there, but it's it's tough. I, I think it's going to be a difficult difficult run, and we'll get into it in a little bit, How this the schedule that the Bengals have coming up. It is just such an absolute gauntlet. Zach Taylor, yeah. you use that same word that we've been using. Yeah. Um, so at number one, what do you have for the most, le- most likely outcome of, of these five? Obviously, yeah, the same as you, I chase because I went McPherson at two. It just yeah. that is a lot to ask, but yeah, the, the Bengals are so aggressive when they have when they're going to get the third quarter kickoff. They they are so aggressive and, and saving time, even if the other team's driving. And you would think yeah. the other team would be the one calling the timeouts. They call timeouts just to get some semblance of an opportunity at the end of the half and i think that's where you saw that he he had the yeah I think it was a 58 yarder at denver it was on they got they got the kickoff made one pass kicked it so i think he's going to get an opportunity whether he makes it or not i don't know but I, I i think he'll get a shot to to kick one of at least 59 here before the end of the year and i, I wouldn't bet against him he's pretty no. good um the, the chase thing I, I went back and looked uh in since he came back from the hip injury last year, 11 games, he's led the Bengals in all three categories in eight of those 11 games. Mm-hmm. Um, so for somebody else to not just unseat him from one of them, but to unseat him from all three, yeah, that's going to take a lot. You know, it, it maybe if, if Jamar gets nicked and he misses a game, mm-hmm. even then it's not guaranteed. It's probably going to be more of a spread. You're not going to have that one guy be the guy. Um, so, yeah, I just – I think it's a bet on it's like a bet on T Higgins. It's yeah. a bet on him. He's been and so that's quiet. What happened in week two. I mean, yeah, he, exactly, exactly. He's been you know he's dealing with an injury. He's been banged up. He's been quiet. But you feel like that's coming. You feel like yeah. that's coming. It's there's just going to be that game that's like the T game. And I think that could be the scenario where he kind of takes over for Chase for for one game. I don't think that's out of the question. Yeah, because we saw it against against the Ravens, and uh, yeah. I I think he's gonna. He's got to get more comfortable with the rib injury that he's going to have to play yeah. through. And and there's just always a chance another team just says, we're not going to let Jamar beat us. You guys might beat us, but it's not going to be Jamar. And they totally sell out and stop him. And uh, yeah. the, there is an, a, enough other options there for Burrow to lean on somebody for a game. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Okay. What happens first for the Bengals this season? We've got five more. Number one, Bengals have a 100-yard rusher. And, and some of these things have happened before. So where does what happens next? From this right? point on. From this point on. Bengals have had a 100-yard rusher. Bengals score more than 10 points in a quarter, which they have not known for 31 straight quarters, which is just <laughs> incredible. Uh, Bengals score a defensive or special teams touchdown, which we've seen a couple times this season. Mm-hmm. Bengals get a road win, or Bengals suffer a home loss. So, uh, Jay, what do you have at number five for, so I guess, what would happen last yeah, I went with the defensive and special teams touchdowns, even though you mentioned it. they've got one of each already, but those yeah. are pretty rare. Um, so I, I think banking on that, I, I'm not willing to do that. I wouldn't be surprised if they get another one. But, um, you know, even Cam's pick six against Arizona, that was the Bengals' first since 2017. It's just – yeah, it's a, it, oh, I'm sorry, no, Mike Hilton had one. Um, but it's, it's, it's just not something that you see very often. And um, – they don't, for whatever reason, I mean, Jermaine Pratt has a knack for getting the ball out, but they don't force a lot of fumbles. Um, and then Charlie Jones dealing with the thumb injury. He'll be back uh, in a couple games, so maybe he gets loose on another one. But just to count on that, uh, that's that's my – I'm going to put that one last. Okay. 
Uh, that's a good argument. I have that one a little bit higher. Yeah. You, you actually might have swayed me uh, with that <laughs> argument. Maybe uh, maybe I'm feeling bad about these rankings now, but I actually have as my last one as a home loss. Um, yeah. I feel pretty good about the slate coming out, the home slate at least. Um, obviously, that they, they play the Bills um, in week nine at home, so you can see how I'm leaning towards that game. But mm. I, I, think there's, I think there are tougher games for the Bengals coming up on the road. Um, and I really, I really do think they match up. They got Buffalo in week nine, Houston in week 10 at home, Pittsburgh at week 12, Indy in week 14, Minnesota week 15. Uh, I think they match up well with all those teams and, and we can get into in more of those games as they come. But I have that as last. I really do think they'll take care of business at home. Um, for number four, I have a hundred yard rusher. Same. I, I just, <laughs> the they rushing offense win. has been so bad. It's just been so bad and they're playing Teams that have really good run defenses, or at least at least above average run defenses coming up. Um, Joe Mixon's looked okay at times, at times, but it's just not there consistently, and they have no one else who can run the ball. Hmm. And the offensive line is not run blocking to the point where they need to be. Like you said, maybe they're going to do more under center stuff and really try and get that going, and maybe they'll make it a point to get to 100 yards just to send a message. But just on, on effort alone, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I mean, what last year it took them playing a terrible Carolina team for Joe Mixon to have that yeah. huge game. I don't see a, a, a dog on the schedule like that this year. So I'm, I'm with you. That's that's my number four is, is the 100-yard rushing game. They just – I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I think they can it. get better running the ball, but I don't think you're going to see Mixon run for 100. No, definitely not. Uh, what do you have at number three? I had the home loss at three. Okay. Um, I – you know, who knows? If Buffalo loses this week, they could be a, a really – in a desperate spot when they come yeah. in on Sunday night football. Um, Houston is just a weird, sneaky team. Um, and then even if it if it gets to it, I mean, you still have their kryptonite coming to Cincinnati and the Cleveland Browns. It's not till the yeah. finale. But, yeah, um, yeah that, that I had that one at, at third. I actually – I think a road win will happen before a home loss. Yeah, I had road, I had road win at third. Um, I think that – they can win on the road. I will get into the 49ers game. I don't want to give away my bet, but I don't think it, I don't know if it's going to happen this week, but uh, I, I think a road win could happen at some point there. Baltimore in week to 11. We just saw, it, it's hard. It's hard to look at these games too far in advance, right? Cause you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to be injured. We're basing mm -hmm. so much off recency bias, but um, so I, I think I had run at number three. I actually had Bengals defensive special teams touchdown at number two. Huh. And I, I, let me explain my reasoning. They're playing the Buffalo Bills next week. Yeah. Have you seen Josh Allen play? Yeah. <laughs> He's not exactly comfortable or uh, careful with the ball. And you're probably right. You looked at the numbers. You looked at it historically how rare this is. You're probably right. I, I accept that. But I'd like to think that somebody on this defense can pick off Josh Allen and, and take one back to the house next week. Is it going to happen? Pro probably not. I'm probably wish casting that, but I, I could see it. Um, what, what do you have at number two? Well, the problem with Josh Allen is he it's the he takes chances on deep balls and those don't yes. get returned a lot. And when they get on Good the point. side of the field, he tries to force it in on third downs as opposed to just taking the sack and kicking the field goal. That's where a lot of his pick sixes come from or a lot of his interceptions come from. Um, but, yeah, you're I, I do think the Bengals will get a couple turnovers in that game. Yes. Um, my, my number one was 10 points in a quarter. It's I always have the philosophy. You never bet against the trend. And it is pretty crazy yeah. that they've gone 31 straight quarters without scoring more than 10. But. 
it's something that circumstance can dictate even more so than the offense getting more explosive. I mean, you could you could have first and goal when you flip from the first to the second quarter, yeah. and you could score a touchdown on the first play of the second quarter. Then you're going to get two or three more possessions. I just think the dam's about to break for this offense, um, yeah. and they're going to start scoring points. They're going to start putting up more yards. Burrow's healthy, and not sure it comes in San Francisco, but I don't think it's going to be too much longer before we see them score ten or more or more than ten in a quarter. Yeah, that, that's what I had number one, too. It just feels like it has to happen, right? Like, how, how yeah. much longer can this go on? Like, it, it yeah. has to. With this offense, with this set of offensive skill position players, with Joe Burrow under center, health, fully healthy, calf strain in the past, I feel like this has to happen. I, I, I don't know if it's going to happen this week. It very well could, but at some point soon it's going to have to happen. Um, so that's, that's how we see the season. I think, you know, both relatively optimistic, maybe me a little less optimistic, but <laughs> but I, I think we're we both believe that this team can get it going. I think that's clear. I mean, from this is that we think that the underlying talent is there. Now, this is an absolute gauntlet of a schedule the Bengals are facing coming up. Zach Taylor talked about it yesterday. It it, it it's almost hard to believe when you look at the schedule how difficult it is and how many tough games are on here. And, and the thing is, the Bengals like already failed their easy part of their schedule. Whether that was just because of Burrow's injury or not, we can debate. But they put themselves in a hole to the point where they're going to have to beat some really good teams. The 49ers are coming up this week. Buffalo after that. Houston has played well. We talked about Baltimore and these other division games. Jacksonville. Even a team like the Vikings we just saw last night knock off the 49ers. I don't think there's a team on the rest of the Bengals' schedule, Jay, I look at it and say that's a win. That's a clear win. I think every game, at least, could be something of a struggle. Yeah, I mean, I agree. This happens every year where you look at the schedule when it first comes out and you say these teams are good, these are bad, and then things kind of change. Yeah. Um, maybe a few of the teams are have have gotten knocked down a peg. 49ers, Bills, but the other way, I mean, Houston's way better than we thought. Indianapolis mm-hmm. is, I mean, once Gardner Minshew starts getting more of a flow, I mean, they're already playing better than I thought they would. And yeah. you know, if they can stick around, in a, and I think they will, in a very winnable division, then they that's going to be a tougher game. You always thought Minnesota, I mean, that's just the nature of that offense. It would, it would be a tough game. It looked for a while like maybe they were hitting the skids and they were going to mm-hmm. be one of the, the teams that, would be in the running for the biggest differential from wins last year to wins this year, but got things turned around last night, beat the 49ers. Um, So that even that one will be uh, a tougher game than I I think maybe we even thought earlier when the schedule came out. Um, Who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe Deshaun Watson doesn't come back and that Cleveland game becomes much more winnable in the finale, but that's so far down the road. Mm. Um, it, It is. It's, I I wonder, wonder where would you what do you think after this week? Because it's a six point, even it's down to five and a half now. But after yeah. this week, what's the biggest point spread? Either way, home or uh, or a favorite or underdog that you think the Bengals will be looking at in in these games? Yeah, it's hard I to just, say because you could always see injuries like affected down the line. Um, I I think. I think when they get to Indianapolis, I think they could be favored pretty heavily over them, hmm. um, depending on how things go from that. Gardner Minshew, I think, is one of the better backups in the NFL, but once other teams get some film on him and start hmm. seeing what he's doing within that Colts offense, you know, we saw him throw some interceptions this, this past week. I think that could be the one. Um, I don't know. Do you have another one that stands out besides that game? 
No, I was just thinking, you know, would it, will they, will this be the biggest one the rest of the year? Will mm. we see will another six point one? Um, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe if Minnesota falls, yeah. uh, maybe the Houston one, maybe if Houston loses a couple before they come to Cincinnati, that could be a six and a half, seven point spread. Um, but I maybe, I maybe the Steelers, if their offensive issues like really, really start to, to, mm. to come to a head, but, I feel like those ga- those games are always so close that I-, I don't see the spread getting too big in those games. Yeah, I um, think we're going to see a lot of two and a half to three and a half points. Yes, the the I think you're probably right. Um, yeah, I-, I think you're probably right. It's going to it's going to be tough this week. I-, I think the 49ers in our consensus power rankings uh, up until this past week have been the number one team all season long. They stayed they, they, one after they lost. They stayed one after they <laughs> lost. I don't think they're going to be there after after last no. night's game. Um, this is probably a good time for the Bengals to be playing the San Francisco 49ers, mm-hmm. I would say. If you picked any point on the schedule, this is a good time. Uh, Debo Samuel is not going to play next week. He's already been ruled out with a hairline fracture in his shoulder, I believe. So that's one piece the Bengals aren't going to have to play. Trent Williams did not play this past week, and I – We'll have to see how the practice goes, but I mean, it seems like he's not going to play this week either. I, if I had to guess, he was doubtful heading into last week. When you see guys as doubtful, they very often don't play the following week too. Um, so that's huge, especially given that Trent Williams is probably still the best left tackle in the NFL. CMC is banged up, but it uh, didn't look like it affected him last night. He took you know his usual barrage of carries, scored two touchdowns. And Brock Purdy, you know, I think he played well for the most part last night, but Got a, had a couple throws get away from him. Um, I think if you could like pick a time to play the 49ers, this, this would be the time. And a short week, of course. They're coming off a short week of rest, too. Mm-hmm. This is a good time for the Bengals to be playing him. They've got the rest disparity. They've got injuries. The Bengals are, are pretty much healthy. Orlando Brown sounds like he's going to play at left tackle. Yeah. I, if, this, if there's a time to play the 49ers, this is it. And I think the Bengals have to feel good about that, right? Yeah, I mean, they're still formidable on defense. They don't have a lot of issues on that side of the yeah. ball. But, I mean, Debo is huge. They, they, they. I mean, they were just one-dimensional. They, even with, with McCaffrey, they couldn't run the ball very well. And if they don't scare you with that run, then then it's it's much easier to defend Brock yeah. Purdy. And he made some nice throws. And he, it was it – was, he was fun to watch. He was He's faster than I thought. I've never oh – I haven't God, watched yeah. him super close. Um and, that scramble and, to the right looked like Lamar Jackson. Yes, it's I mean, amazing. I was like, "What in the world?" And it, and not just fast, but the way he he kind of slips and slides. He's yeah. got that little bit of pocket his body a little bit, like yeah. And um, but then you know we saw where he they a lot of timing routes, and if the timing's a little bit off, it, it led to a couple easy interceptions for the Vikings. And so I, I don't think initially you thought this is a game where the off the Bengals offense has to be right where mm-hmm. it's going to be a shootout and they're going to have to put up 30. And I don't know that that's the case now. I, I think this could be more of a defensive game and, um, you know, maybe a, a, a field goal game, a big Evan Me- McPherson game. And um, I don't want to give away too much with the predictions coming up later, yeah, but yeah. I, I do. I think this is this is an ideal time, um, not just with the rest disparity, but just the fact that the Bengals have been so good. I mean, that was two years ago they went to Vegas and, and – won that game uh, kind of a gotta have it game coming out of the bye and then right. last year they scored 37 at Pittsburgh I mean the most they've ever scored in Pittsburgh was 38 that was an impressive win even though Pittsburgh wasn't a great team last year um, so I, I do I, I think this is they there's it, 
it's a hundred percent of the time the buy comes at the right time. I mean, the players tell you you can have a week three <laughs> yeah. buy. Oh, it comes at the perfect time. They yes. tell you that all the time, but this truly did uh, come at a, at a good time to give them yeah. a little extra rest for a long road trip to to go to play a quality opponent who's coming off a short week. Yeah, I, I would agree, and I think what you said about them being one dimensional is definitely true because I think I think Brendan Ayuk is a very good receiver who's really taken another step this year. Mm-hmm. But if Debo Samuel's out, they obviously have George Kittle and McCaffrey in the passing game. But just in terms of wide receivers, I mean, it, they're pretty thin. Juwan yeah. Jennings, Chris Conley, Ray Ray McLeod. I mean, I think that if the Bengals can focus all their attention on Brandon Ayuk, then there's – and I, I, it's hard to say, like, oh, George Kittle and Chris McCaffrey, we can we, they can take care of them. But without having another, like, wide receiver two out there, I think it does change the dynamic for the Bengals' defense mm-hmm. uh, in terms of focusing on one guy. And I think from the Bengals' offense perspective, they're going to have to worry about getting the front blocked. Obviously, Fred Warren is everywhere. He is just everywhere. He can do everything. It's unbelievable to watch him week to week. And coverage is a blitzer, everything. But then Nick Bosa up front, Javon Hargrave, they have got to be stout up front. If if Burrow's getting like interior pressure all day long, it's going to be a long, long game if if Javon Hargrave is constantly in his face. Because I think think these corners – Traverius Ward's a good player, but I think – I think these corners can be attacked. I mean, when you have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins on the outside, I think that's the area where you can go after this team a little bit is maybe take some of those deep shots, maybe. But it's not going to happen if the pressure is constantly at Joe Burrow's face. Mm-hmm. We've seen that he's been more comfortable maneuvering the pocket, creating these kind of second second chance, second reaction plays. But Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, we mentioned they just traded for Randy Gregory. I mean, these guys can get after. I think that that's going to be an area they really have to be solid as up front. Yeah, Cleveland Farrell too. I mean, he Cleveland was Farrell, yeah. what, what number nine overall pick, number ten overall pick. He was, I think, I think four, four. Yeah. Four, so, yeah. I, yeah. And he had a couple uh, big plays last night too. Uh, Travarius Ward. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure the Bengals ran him out of Kansas City. Wasn't he the one that got victimized <laughs> yeah. a bunch yeah. in Jamar's big game against him in the regular season? And then he's the one that got burned on the Pirine touchdown that really kind of yeah. turned that AFC Championship game around in the Bengals' favor. So. um but Gibson's a quality safety. They you're, they've yeah. got elite players. Ufanga is that was a first team All Pro last year. I mean, he's incredible, yeah. and extremely physical, extremely yes. like they are going to get beat up in this game. Like I I wouldn't be surprised if like Jamar Chase or Higgins and Traverius Ward kind of get into a little mix up or dust up or something. Mm. Uh, I, I it's going to be a physical like beat them up type game. I think. Yeah, and you know they're it, they're pissed off after two straight losses. Yeah. They're they're going to feel like they've got something to prove. Bengals are going to be feeling themselves all fresh and re- rested and knowing that they're a second half team. And so yeah, it it, it could be contentious. Um, and I, I expect it to be a close physical game throughout. Yep, I do too. I, I absolutely do too. Um, should we get into our predictions and our bets for the week? I, I think. Yeah. You know, I, I'm kind of curious to see what you think. Usually, I've, I feel like we're on the same page. Uh, with how we see these games playing out. I'm, I'm curious to see if that happens this week. Um, you want to recap our bets from last week? I know I did not do – I know I missed at least one. We all sucked. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> it, was, it was 0 for 6. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, Terrible. I mean, Brian and I both went Chargers plus 6.5 at Kansas City, and that didn't happen. Um, he took the under on Colts Browns, and it, it almost doubled that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I tried the parlay. I got two of the three legs, but I, I took yeah. Detroit plus two and a half at Baltimore. So that, mm. that did not work out. Uh, you had 49ers minus six and a half last night was a loss. And then you had Miami plus two on Sunday night. And that was a loss. So yeah, tough week on the podcast betting front. 
you know, we we cover football professionally, right, Jay? Right. This is our this is what we're paid to hey. do is to make these assessments, right? Those okay. hotels and casinos aren't getting any smaller in Vegas. There's there's a reason <laughs> this is hard. Even the best of the best win what fifty five percent of the time. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, my bet for the week, my non Bengals bet. I'm going to take Atlanta minus two point five at uh-huh. the Tennessee Titans. I like it. I. I think Atlanta is better than what they've shown this year. I think Desmond Ritter is I, – I didn't think he was that good coming into the season, and I know he's thrown a lot of picks and bumbled a lot of balls away, but I think he's been pretty good other than those like back-breaking turnovers. It's easy to say you can just eliminate those, but I, I, I do think that could happen against a Tennessee defense that isn't that great, and I think Atlanta's defense is playing really well too. Malik Willis might be starting for the Titans, and we kind of saw he played at the end of last last week's game, completely overwhelmed, no pocket presence whatsoever. Um, so I like Atlanta minus two point five at Tennessee. Now Brian went the other way on that; he took the Titans plus two and a half, which I think really it, I mean, I, I, unless if unless Tannehill plays, I just I wouldn't I I would be on your side of that. I just Malik Willis. I mean, he just does not look like a. He looked okay in the preseason, but. Yeah, I mean, well, he got sacked a lot like, of what, people. four there's times a, on like a lot of guys legs? selling insurance right <laughs> yeah. now that look good. In yeah, the that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. I If Tannehill plays, maybe, but I, I don't see it with Malik Willis now. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your uh, Bengals bet? Okay, Bengals bet. I'm going to take the Bengals uh, and the points. Uh, so I, the last I saw was 5.5, 5, right? Is that is that what it's what you saw? Is it still at 5.5? Yeah, 5.5. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be a close game, so I think – with that, with that many points being offered, I I don't see these two teams. Is, is that that big of a spread with these two teams? So I'll, I'll take that all day long. Yeah, I I didn't like that spread. Um, so I, I went teaser. I bumped the Bengals up to plus eleven and a half, and then took the over under from forty six and a half down to forty and a half. I want to go over forty and a half, even though I said I think it's gonna be a low scoring game. I yeah. I still think that that, but get both teams in the twenties and, yeah. and you go over forty. So I'm going to do 10 on that one. Um, and then I'm going to do, I'm going to go back to my parlay, but uh, I'm going to do a four team money line parlay. Oh, baby. The great eight, all four of these teams. It's, it's the four, not, not, not the Bengals, but it's the, the four o'clock games, the Sunday game and the Monday game all have eight point spreads right now. I'm not going to mess with the points. I'm just going to mm-hmm. go lions, chargers, chiefs, Ravens, money line. Uh, it, it's 14 parlay. It only plays pays plus 141 i would win 14 dollars on a 10 dollar bet but i need to catch don't spend up it all and, at once don't spend yeah, it all at once. I, I i don't see any of those teams losing i mean the lions are playing a bad raiders team the, the chargers yeah. playing the bad bears with a, a quarterback making his second start i just chiefs and broncos chiefs aren't losing the chiefs never lose to the broncos it's not going to be this week so you're willing to bet on brandon staley's decision making in prime time that's what you're going to bet on. Brandon Staley and the Los Angeles yeah. Chargers. All right. I mean, he's, he, <laughs> we'll see. He might get fired after that game. Josh, <laughs> he very well could be fired after his game against the he Lions. He very so, well could be. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think the Chargers, they're too good not to win that game. No, I, I, I agree. I that spread of eight, but I, I'll take the money line. No, I agree. I, I think the Chargers are much better than they've looked so far. I'm just, I can't believe we get to watch Staley in primetime the next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be very curious on how that goes. Yeah. All right. We'll see how those go. Um, we got the one of Brian's uh, other. Oh, bet. Brian's other. Bet. Yeah, um, I about that one. He uh, he's go- another great eight uh, in primetime. Mm. He's taking Tampa Bay plus eight and a half at Buffalo on Thursday night. Mm. Okay. 
That's interesting. I don't know about that. I would, Buffalo... I, would, I would not lay points with Buffalo at all right now, the way they're playing. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, Tampa Bay has like the defensive talent to take the ball away from Josh Allen, and he's been giving it away plenty of times. And man, the, I don't know what's wrong with the Bills. I think the Bills, it's just like, we, I think we've underestimated that those defensive losses. Oh, man, yeah. Matt Mulatto, Trey White, Daquan Jones. I mean, it's just not even the same Bills defense that we've come used to seeing in the past couple of seasons. It's like literally an almost entirely different different lineup out there. So it's kind of hard to assess where they're at right now. Um, okay, so our picks for this Bengals game. Jay, I have picked the Bengals every week this season. Oh, so have I. Um, and so have you. And they've they've made us look like fools at times. They've made us look <laughs> smart at times. This was, the, I think, my hardest decision of the year, I think, was picking this game. And I hate to do it, but I'm going to pick the 49ers. I'm going to go San Francisco 27, Cincinnati 23. I think it'll be a close game. We kind of laid out all the reasons. We don't need to hash, hash that out again. But, you know, 49ers coming off two straight losses. I know everything points to them injury-wise and rest-wise, kind of maybe losing another game in a row here. But I just think they're too talented to lose a third straight game. The Bengals, I think, I could see them having issues with that with that defensive front, having having the pressure get to Burrow. I think it'll be close. I don't think it'll look as bad as any of these early season games have looked where the Bengals offense just can't do anything. I really don't think that the Bengals are in line for another game like that. I just think it'll be a close game at the end. The, the 49ers will pull it out. So I'm going to go 49ers 27, Bengals 23, as much as I hate to say it. <laughs> So I, I, I track these in a spreadsheet, and at, when I was updating after our last pod, I went ahead and put the 49ers in the win column and the Bengals in the loser column for this week and just figured I'd fill in the score later. Um, but after watching last night, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pick the Bengals for a seventh right. time. They've just got the history, the, the post-buy history. Um, it, it just feels like there's, there's something building here, winning three out of four, and – you know, I did it with my my Seahawks pick where I threw back to a classic Bengals game and went 27-21. So yes. let's let's throw this back to a game people would like to forget. Um, <laughs> Super Bowl 16, which I was in attendance at as a freshman in high school. Uh, 49ers beat the Bengals 26-21. I'm just going to flip it, and I'm going to go Bengals 26-Niners 21 with a, a busy day for Evan McPherson's right foot. Yeah, four field okay. goals. All right, you you're you're more confident than me. I think either <laughs> or way, delusional I mean, or delusional. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, either way, I think we're both seeing a, t- a tight game, right? Yeah, I, I think this will be, and maybe the game of the week. I mean, it's not it's not a great slate. I think this is probably the game of the week uh, of week eight. I there aren't yeah. a ton of games. I'm I'm more even if I wasn't a you know Bengals follower i think this would be the game i'm most curious about um, it is the uh the jim nance and tony romo game which yes. i know drives bengal fans crazy but uh, <laughs> yes. I, that's another i have a spreadsheet of uh who the announcers were for every bengals game and what the bengals record is with those announcers and everybody feels like the bengals do terrible uh with rant nance and romo They're, they've actually won four of their last six with that broadcast crew on it people just remember the afc championship game last year yeah, you're right. as being yeah. one of those losses and uh they're fed up with tony romo but it's it's they those big games the Bengals yeah. have come up big in the past. Definitely. Uh right, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I mean, this is kind of a turning point of the Bengals season, right? I mean, it's yeah. it, it's not going to be the season is over, the season is saved after this Sunday, but man, it's going to be a it is definitely a crux of the season. It, we'll see we'll have to see how it goes. We'll be back 
next week. Um, maybe on Tuesday, maybe on Wednesday. We'll see. We got the trade deadline. Yeah. We'll see how, see how that kind of works out. But we will be back next week to talk about this Bengals game, whether they win or lose. Um, make sure you check out all Jay's work on ProFootballNetwork.com as Bengals coverage. Come check out all our other coverage on Pro Football Network. If you're on YouTube, give us a like, give us a subscription. If you're on a podcast platform, make sure you give us a review. It really does help make us or help us uh, reach other 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 people that want to listen to our podcast. We'll be back next week. Thanks again for listening to the PFN Bengals podcast.